0: Welcome to the Multifamily Wealth Podcast. I'm your host, Axel Ragnarsson, and on this show, I dissect how seasoned multifamily investors started, built, and scaled their businesses. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Multifamily Wealth Podcast. On um, this week's quick solo episode, I'm gonna be talking about just a simple strategy shift that I'm recommending a lot of folks make right now to stay active in the business and really to just you know keep themselves in the game while there's all this turbulence between interest rates, what the market's doing, um, you know some of it's just distressing the underlying fundamentals in a lot of markets where rents are going down and you know expenses are going up, et cetera, et cetera. So you know, I'm a big proponent of and I've always talked about this on this podcast and just uh, you know on my Instagram page of just starting small, You know, growing slowly, growing, you know, just incrementally, buying the duplex, then the four, then the eight, you know, then the 10, then the 12, then the 20, right? And just trying to control your own destiny as much as you possibly can, right? Minimizing the amount of partners you have, minimizing the amount of investor capital that you're raising, and really solidifying the fundamentals of understanding the business before you start branching out and doing all kinds of other stuff, whether it's raising money, whether it's partnering with people, whether it's getting into a new market, et cetera. And I think that this is just a great strategy as well when you're investing in an uncertain time. And something that we're doing in our business is just not trying to grow that much in terms of like our average deal size. This time last year, our absolute goal was like we want to start buying 75 plus, 100 plus unit communities. And that's where we wanted to take our business. We wanted to get into large multifamily Um, and you know, we're a partner on a, on a few larger deals just as a minority GP, right? Somebody who's raised some money and has been been involved in the asset management and understands that business. But like, that's just not something that we can really do right now. I, I don't feel comfortable raising money from investors to grow, to, to take down a deal that is a step up in what we've done, given what's going on in the market and given what the future of the market looks like. The deal would have to be so absurd for us to do that right now. Um, you know, or else we just wouldn't want again, or else we just wouldn't feel comfortable. And there's not a lot of incredible deals out there in large multifamily because there's not a lot of distress in that market yet, outside of the the idiots who use floating rate loans and the high growth markets, right? Um, in markets like New England, which is typically uh, less of a boom and bust market than the southeast, southwest, and you know other parts of the country, there's not a lot of great deals to be found that are larger um, outside of just bad operators. But again, that's that's the exception, not the norm. So, what we're doing in our business is just taking a step back and just looking at smaller deals again, you know, really honing in on these small five to 20 unit properties where we can, you know, very easily build a pipeline of them off market, where we can get in touch with owners that are more motivated by lifestyle situations. Maybe they want to retire, maybe they want to move, maybe they don't want to be in real estate anymore. Maybe, you know, they own a 10 unit building and they're going through a few evictions and they don't feel like they can control the property anymore they just rather sell and get out and capitalize on the value um, that you know that that the market has given them over the last five 10 15 years whatever and that's where we're going to start playing and also from a from an operational standpoint it is much much easier to per- successfully predict the outcome of a small deal because there's just less variables you're renovating fewer units. Um, there's just less capex to worry about. You have fewer heating systems. Um, you know, you have maybe it's one building on the lot, so you have one roof, and you can easily determine exactly what's going to cost to operate that property, right? And it's easy to project what your capex is going to be. It's very easy to to actually execute on the project once you close because you're not renovating 75 units. You're renovating 15, 20 units, whatever it is, right? That's a much more easy process to manage. So for us maybe that's you know fear setting in a little bit and we're kind of retracting into our shells but like I'm okay with that because the market is not going up anymore it's going down. Anyone who thinks that values aren't going to take a hit in the next couple of years is just uh, like I don't know how you even remotely have that opinion. Um because it's happening as we speak right now. Values are starting to take, you know, a downward uh, trajectory at the moment even in the really resilient markets like, you know, New England, West Coast, you know, supply constrained markets that have been Less affected by um some of the migration patterns and what the market's done over the last couple of years. So that's just kind of, you know, I think, and I encourage people to just think about their business outside of what allows us to grow despite what's happening. And and, and, and to ask yourself, what allows us to stay in the game while this is happening? Because the goal is staying in the game. The goal is to not go to zero. The goal is to stay top of mind with all the important people in the market. The goal is to stay in the know in terms of what's going on day to day, week to week, in terms of values, rents, expenses, so that you can underwrite predictably um, or accurately, and you can uh, accurately predict, you know, how a deal is going to perform once you close. And to stay on the front lines, to stay in the trenches, to you know, keep your finger on the pulse, etc. And there's a lot of people that are just not buying at all for the reasons that I mentioned, where they they're not confident that that they can make a good investment decision today, or they're just not seeing deals that align. With their investment criteria. And that's fine. I get it. I get, you know, no shade thrown at those folks. But the downside to that is when you remove yourself from the marketplace, you're speaking with brokers less. You're speaking with sellers less. You're speaking with lenders less. You're speaking with your PMs less. And you have less of a sense of what's actually happening in the market and you're losing an informational edge. Which is really like what real estate is. It's just people who have more information than other people and making better decisions, finding the inefficiencies in the market and making more money and making better decisions. So if you decide, Hey, I'm just going to play some golf and you know, I'm just going to operate the part, the properties I got pretty well. I'm not going to look at any new deals. I'm not really going to get into that world at all. Well, you're just, you're going to be second, third, fourth place when deals, when the market, you know, calibrates a little bit more and deals start to. To, to be a little bit more readily apparent, or you're just more comfortable with investing in that environment. So what we're doing in our business is the opposite. We're just we're continuing all of the same activities that that we were doing, you know over the last five, six, seven years. But we're just doing them and pursuing smaller properties where we're making you know less money where it's more work for the same amount of money. And yeah, they're not what we'd like to be doing. We'd like to be doing bigger deals. But this is an opportunity for us to stay in the marketplace, to stay in the know, to stay on the front lines. And still participate in the business, right? And the other piece of this too is if you're doing smaller deals, you're raising less money. um, Or if you're using your own money, you're just putting less of your own capital at risk. And you're probably making more bets, but they're smaller bets. And if one of those deals goes awry, well, that's okay because it's a smaller percentage of what you're actually doing in your business at that given time. So I highly recommend that you know you recalibrate your goals a little bit. You know, I know a lot of folks they want to buy this, you know, X number of doors, raise X amount of capital, um, do X amount of deals, whatever it is. Um, you should be focusing on quality of deals. You should be focusing on deals that have very limited downside risk, but they give you an opportunity to achieve some upside potential. And um, and I think that's just a you know a much better way to approach the business right now as we speak. Um, so hopefully. Hopefully this was valuable to you. If you uh, if you felt that you learned something in this episode or your your perspective shifted a little, uh, please consider leaving a comment or not a comment. Excuse me, a, a rating and a review for the podcast so we can get this in front of more folks. But as always, thank you for listening, and I'll catch you guys on the next episode. Thank you for listening to this episode on the Multifamily Wealth Podcast. If you learned something new during the show, please consider sharing this episode with a friend, family member, or business partner, or just leaving a rating and review as it helps the show get noticed by more folks.